Intelligent Medicine is sponsored in part by Chromadex, providing healthcare practitioners with a clinically proven vital resource to increase your patient's levels of NAD. NAD works at the cellular level to fuel energy production. It supports some 500 enzymatic pathways in the body. But many factors can cause NAD levels to drop, such as poor diet, alcohol consumption, lack of sleep, immune stress, overtraining, excess sun exposure, and stress. So it's important to supplement NAD reserves. Fortunately, there's a patent NAD precursor called niogen or nicotinamide riboside, which is the active ingredient in the cellular support supplement True Niogen Pro. Backed by nearly 100 published papers and multiple human studies, True Niogen Pro can safely and effectively elevate your patient's NAD levels. True Niogen Pro gives hardworking cells exactly what they need to perform at their best. To learn more about the research behind True Niogen Pro or to order, visit pro.trueniogen.com. That's true, spelled T-R-U, pro.trueniogen.com. And from now until June 30th, practitioners can get 10% off with coupon code HOFFMAN10. True Nigen Pro is cellular defense for life. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and here we are once again. It is our weekly Q&A with Layla, which is an event that I uh, anticipate and look forward to every week because it's an opportunity to field your questions and also spend some quality time with our nutritionist in residence, Layla Mutin, uh, who capably assists me in fielding your questions. Radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions, as always. And we got some good ones this week. Hi, Layla. How are you? Good, Dr. Hoffman. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Uh, We are uh, sort of like uh, in the last throes of uh, wintry weather here in New York. Hopefully it's the last throes. It's one of the schizophrenic months because sometimes, you know, you go out and you say, spring is here, and then the next day it's like, you know, 35 degrees. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm back in the Nanook hat. Right, exactly. (laughs) My favorite. (laughs) Yeah, March is always like that. It's sort of like, it's a tease. March is a tease. So um, anyway, at any rate, hopefully wherever you are across the country, around the world, uh, you're experiencing uh, happy climbs. Mm. Uh, and uh, some of you may be sweltering uh, yeah. as we speak, because that's what I hear the weather's like in parts of um It's nice to be Florida. back into daylight savings time right. once again, that's, except that we're waking up in the dark now once again. It's, but, che- it's cheery. Yeah. Uh, they say that the, actually one of the worst days to be in the emergency room uh, hmm. in the hospital is the Monday after they changed the clocks, huh. which happened last week. Right. So, um, because, because people's, people are sort of shaken up by that and it's, mm-hmm. it's a kind of a, it's kind of it's a stress. Jet lag. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a form of jet lag. Yeah. Uh, it's like flying from New York to Chicago or something. So, uh, this article, you know, let's tee this off, uh, today's, uh, discussion with an article that I don't think will surprise you. Hmm. Wide variations in how well or poorly people age. And they rated the country. Okay. So, uh, what they did was they, 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 um, rated them on the average problems of a 65 year old. Now, this comes very close to home because I'm 66. Okay. So, you know, what are the average problems of a 65 year old? Uh, well, probably they're not dead, (laughs) uh, but probably they don't feel perfect. So Uh somewhere along the spectrum of feeling Awesomely good every yeah. moment of the day, uh-huh. uh, every day of your life, versus dead. 
right. somewhere in the middle. And, and signing up for Medicare. Exactly. Signing yeah. <laughs> up for, and, you know, getting a senior uh-huh. discount at the movies and so on. Right. But anyway, so what they did was they uh, compared uh, the uh, countries with the highest and lowest ages at which people experience the health problems of the average 65-year-old. Now, mm-hmm. how they determine the average problems of a 65-year-old, I don't know because they didn't do a deep dive on this study. Um, but, um, you know, presumably the problems include, you know, high cholesterol and or... Uh, you know, vision problems, balance problems, aches and pains, high blood pressure, you know, that kind of stuff. Some arthritis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the typical okay. things that beset 65-year-olds. Mm. Um, you know, and of course, higher risk of certain cancers, uh, you know, certainly that is in the running. Mm-hmm. Uh, the negative effects uh, include impaired functions and loss of physical, mental, and cognitive abilities. Okay, you know, a lot of people with 65, the memory isn't quite what it used to be. At 35. Right. And what was I what was I talking about? Oh, this article. Okay, it's right in front of me. Okay, uh, here it is. The, so they found that seventy six year olds in Japan uh-huh. have the same level of age related health problems as an average person age sixty five. Japan won the contest. Wow! Everywhere in Japan or Okinawa? Uh, no, I guess overall Japan. Overall Japan. Overall Japan. Good Japan. for them. Yeah. Uh, however. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were countries that um, were below the threshold. So 46-year-olds in Papua New Guinea hmm. have the same level of age-related health problems as an average person at age 65. So, you know, we think of that as a, a primitive country, you know, maybe hunter-gatherers, people with uh, loincloths and bows and arrows. But no, it's actually pretty, uh, you know, getting hit with a lot of fast food and okay. poor quality food yeah. and uh, sugary beverages. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of good medical care Mm -hmm. and various diseases and a hard life, Mm -hmm. a hard life. Mm -hmm. So the, and I guess the other thing about Papua New Guinea is that like a lot of people in, I believe that's part of what's called Micronesia, which is the the South Pacific. A lot of those people have obesity. Ah, yeah. And uh, so they are, uh, because they subsisted on a very marginal diet and now it's, there's Mm -hmm. more in their diet. Um... They, one of the favorite things in that part of the world is Spam. That's a delicacy. Uh, spam. In Hawaii, too. Yeah, yeah. Hawaii. Yeah, yeah Spam and eggs. Yeah, right. Right. So, um, anyway, they, so... Spam they, sandwich. Spam I said sandwich. Sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh-huh. the, um, so, so they, what they found was that um, the U.S. Uh-huh. ranked 54th. Among countries. Oh, now, my. That's the discouraging part, okay? Very. Uh, we did a little better than Iran. Okay. No, actually, we, we're about the same as Iran because our equivalent is 68.5 years. In other words, the average 65-year-old in America mm-hmm. is equivalent to the average 68.5-year-old worldwide. So we did slightly worse than the average. Okay. All right. That's not good. No. And not Iran is 69.0, so we're very close to Iran. Mm. Um and um, so, for example, Antigua and Barbuda, which are, you know, you finger there and it's the balmy weather. Everybody wants to go there yes. as a tourist, the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't do so well either because probably poor diet. Okay. Um, Algeria uh-huh. uh, did not. Let's see. Algeria was close to the U.S. Really? Uh, we, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're we situated between Algeria and Iran. Oh, my. How does that happen? Yeah, and we have, suppose, the most expensive, elaborate medical care system in the world. Mm-hmm. And yet, uh, we 
rank with some pretty backward countries when yeah. it comes to medical infrastructure. Right. Algeria and Iran. That's strange. So, so, the, so clearly the answer is not more medicine. The answer is better lifestyle, food. lifestyle, lifestyle. Yes. Yeah. Better food. And, better and, food and, choices. And a primary, since you're a nutritionist, primary element in that is diet. Yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah. Um, hmm. So, so globally, the age-related diseases with the most deaths and uh, what are called dailies, which is an acronym that means uh, disability eight adjusted life years. Okay. That's the measurement of loss of healthy life related to 92 different diseases. And the countries with the most deaths and dailies, I'm sorry, the causes of the most deaths and, and these impairments were ischemic heart disease, brain hemorrhage, which is stroke. Wow. But hemorrhagic stroke. I don't know why I say brain hemorrhage because hemorrhage. I would, it's hmm. actually the less common type of stroke. I think that's probably a maybe a they just mean stroke. Mean stroke. Okay. Which is mostly not. It's ischemic stroke. Not, yeah, yeah. Not hemorrhagic. Um, mm -hmm. And chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which of course is mostly smoking related. Although I guess yes. you could say that if you're sitting by a campfire in Peru or something like that, maybe you know it's you've got an indoor, yeah. you know, heating source mm -hmm. that could be the problem. Um. Countries with the lowest were New Guinea, Marshall Islands, Afghanistan, Vanuatu. A lot of lot of uh, South Pacific. You know, we tend to think wow. of, it's so idyllic. It's like let me go to us one of those South Sea Bora islands. Bora Bora, yeah. Bora Bora. Mm -hmm. You know, bad health statistics. B uh, Solomon Islands and Vanuatu are behind the Central African Republic, which is like, you know, uh, it used to be I think Congo. Okay. Um, and. Uh, Guinea-Bissau, which is a, you know, backward African country. Wow. Um, Micronesia, very bad. Mm. Uh, oh, goodness gracious. Um, Switzerland did very well. Oh, good. My S sister lives there now. <laughs> oh, good. Singapore did really well. Uh -huh. South Korea did well. Actually, South Korea was just a tick behind Japan. Japan was the, the champion. South Korea, good. Actually, Italy did very well. Uh, well, yeah, the lifestyle. Lifestyle there. Uh, um, mm -hmm. Kuwait, interestingly, you know, a country that's in the Middle East, but a very affluent country, and they mm -hmm. have a very elaborate healthcare system because they got tons of money, oil money. Spain did well, France did well, Israel did well, Sweden pretty well. Um, yeah, countries mm. that really did bad were in Africa and in Micronesia mostly. Wow. Yeah. And um, we're 54th. Yeah. Well, so give you an example, Sweden is number 10 and we're 54. Huh. <laughs> okay. Sweden, very, you know, socialized medicine, very elaborate healthcare yes. system. Yes. And, and a pretty healthy, but small country. active culture, yeah. homogeneous. You know, I think a lot of winter sports and a lot of activity, mm -hmm. and, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, anyway. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So, you know, we're not getting a lot of bang for our buck in our right. healthcare system. Okay, let's get to questions. Questions come to us via radio program at AOL.com. That's good. Okay. Let's go. We have an email from Petra. Aloha, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. Petra is in Hawaii. Okay. I wanted to give you an update on my successful efforts to bring my white blood cell count back to the normal range. When you graciously read my letter on your podcast last August, okay. my white blood cell count was around three. By the way, we love to hear feedback because yeah. it's sort of like we, we, we fire all this information into the into the uh, ether mm -hmm. and we have no idea, you know, what 
be, what yeah. befell you, you know, when we advise <laughs> you. So give us some feedback. It worked, it didn't work, because it's, it's yeah. instructive to our listeners. And Absolutely, yes. Uh, you suggested a number of possible remedies, one of which was colostrum. Mm-hmm. I followed your recommendation. I was taking colostrum for five months, although, you know, it was well worth it. It raised my, my white blood cell count mm-hmm. to 4.8 from 3.0. Oh, that's a, a very, uh, very significant yeah. increase. I mean, if she, if she said it went up from 3.0 to 3.3, I'd say, yeah. eh, you know, it could, uh, any, just from day to day, it could change like right, that. Right, yeah. right. So Petra says, I stopped taking it. We'll get my blood tested again in six months to see if it sticks or if I have to continue mm-hmm. to supplement. Right. So, so I'm thrilled to say, you know, uh, to say the least and, and would like to thank you for all that you do to better our right. lives. So this is yeah. what's, this is what's called an anecdote. Mm-hmm. And anecdotal evidence is not great. So for example, I hear. Unless a, we get. I hear a lot of thousands ad- of anecdotes. Yeah, then the then same. it becomes like a like a study. Yeah, but this is what's called n of one. You know, mm-hmm. a study of one, and otherwise known as an anecdote, and you know, or even a testimonial. And a lot of things are marketed on the basis of testimonials. Yes. So, for example, there's a big radio campaign right now for some sort of powdered fruit and vegetable thing, and yeah. they people with these god awful medical conditions say, "I took this stuff and it cured me." And and you know, I can walk now, or I can see I now, or I was, you know, I, I, I had a stroke and I was drooling, and now I'm like, you know, playing racquetball, yeah, and you yeah. know, and okay, so which is ridiculous. And they they yeah. sound very authentic too, because they some they record them very badly. They sound like they're 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 talking over a very bad phone line, so that it yeah. gets an air of authenticity to like it. So that's real. one level. So mm-hmm. that's not science. That's anecdote. But mm-hmm. you know, I appreciate anecdote because. Anecdote is the basis for a hypothesis. Yes. Because it's an interesting observation. Let's explore that. So how do we explore it? Well, one, first of all, we have to say, is there a plausible mechanism by which this could occur? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it doesn't make sense, for example, to say that, you know, if I put, um, you know, a, uh, a nail in my toe, uh, my hair is wow. going to start to grow. Right. You know, I mean, I, I don't understand the mechanism by which that's going to, ha- I mean, happen, yeah. right? Yeah. And, you know, maybe some pain circuits or activator, you know, but it's, there's no plausible mechanism no, for that. No, no. But in, with colostrum, we have a mechanism, which is that it is immunoregulatory. Ah. And yes. so it mm-hmm. could be that some, uh, gut, uh, related factor, you know, mm-hmm. addressing leaky gut or the immunoglobulins that are present there yeah. can support a healthy immune response. That's, you know, as much as we can say. I mean, right. I don't right. think there's been studies. So next we mm-hmm. want to do a double blind placebo controlled trial where mm-hmm. we give people colostrum, where we give people some neutral powder, yeah. you know, who have low white blood cell counts and we observe them, but we have to observe them not for a week or a month, but maybe over a year at least, in this case yeah. it was a year. Yeah. And you know, we'd mm-hmm. want more consistency. We want to see, well, is it 4.8? Yeah, it could be a seasonal thing or something else, something else is going on. We want to see if this is consistent, so we'd have to do it for a while. It would yeah. be expensive to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's the money coming from? Colostrum manufacturer doesn't have that much money. Uh, they're not a pharmaceutical company, but that would be interesting. And I, some studies have been done on colostrum and inflammatory bowel disease, for example. Yes. I've seen some studies. Mm-hmm. Um, there are studies that suggest that it's, it's beneficial. Yeah. Another product that is a related product that mm-hmm. um, is may have some equivalent benefits is something called SBI, I believe. Okay. Is, is that the correct uh, initials for it? It's for... from Orthomolecular. It's 
Uh, bovine, uh, bovine immun- cholesterol. Bo- yes. uh, it's bovine immunoglobulin, yes. so it's SBI. SBI. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's from orthomolecular, and mm-hmm. that's a very interesting product because that delivers some of the benefits of colostrum. If you're perhaps you're sensitive to dairy, or you know, it's mm-hmm. just a it's a, it's a variation on the theme. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if our listeners are wondering. So what's colostrum? What's the benefit of it? It's the first letdown of mother's milk. Right. For the first at least couple of days. And it has a variety of things. It has lactoferrin. It has other. Yeah immune potentiating things. It has immunoglobulin mm-hmm. in it because it's it, it actually mm-hmm. uh, confers what's called passive immunity. In other words, yes. the child doesn't the have immunity yet, mm-hmm. but it inherits immunity from the mother. It's transmitted via the colostrum. It's mm-hmm. a good way to start life. Uh, it's recognized as a very important thing in animal husbandry where they actually separate the babies from the, you know, from the, uh, from mothers. the mother. Yeah, and early. they, in order to reduce mortality, because yes. that costs them money, they well. buy a ton of colostrum and they feed it to the calves. Very interesting. Yeah, or yeah. perhaps swine. I don't even know the practices in mm-hmm. agriculture. Mm-hmm. But actually, we learn a lot from veterinary medicine. So that's... so you, Veterinary medicine. Did I say veterinary? <laughs> it's okay. I said sandwich. <laughs> it's all right. There are some people who are grammar Nazis. <laughs> I won't uh, single right. anybody out in particular. Uh-huh. But, you know, some of our astute listeners will point that out and we'll get some angry letters. <laughs> so Petra goes on to uh, we'll get, another. We'll get hundreds and hundreds of letters. <laughs> really? Hundreds? Hundreds. <laughs> Petra says, as an aside. They're going to go nuclear. They're going to go, yeah, nuclear. Nuclear. Yeah. Well, you know, I had to sell my house, so I got a realtor. Uh-huh. That. Okay. That's the other. So I would say new. Clear. So, There's two words. And new, clear. Irregardless of the criticisms. Oh, irregardless gonna, is such a pet peeve of mine. I'm, it's I'm, regardless, not irregardless. Irregardless of what you're from? saying, I'm going to keep going <laughs> on this subject. And as we get more orientated, yeah, instead of oriented to, well, at a the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, no, no. All right, moving on. Petra says, as an aside. In 2017, I had a heel measurement done for bone density. Mm-hmm. They do a heel measurement? Okay, that's it, very old-fashioned. Yeah. It's sort of El Chiparino screening for bone density. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. it, in fact, I actually I had one of those machines for a while. Uh-huh. Um, I used it for about a year and a half, and then I got rid of it because it, you know, there's some yeah. claim to fame, but it's if you want a cheap machine to do that, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, they cost a few thousand dollars as opposed to tens of thousands of dollars for the yeah. DEXA machines right. that really um, do the accurate testing. Mm-hmm. It's not even that accurate. DEXA is not that accurate. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's, it's controversial. It's controversial for and, bone yeah. mineral density. Overall. It does. It says density, but it doesn't speak to strength. Yes, and it doesn't. Density speak, does not necessarily right. mean strength, and I think that's the question. Right, and it it doesn't speak yeah. to structure of the bone, and healthy bone has a certain yes. structure. They're actually working on some newer tests that will actually uh, assess the health of the bone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because what I'd be looking for is the something a direct measure of, of strength. Is there a way to you know send yes. sound waves, shock waves through the bone to see if the bone is you know right. like right. like like geologists do to to assess what's the is it sand is it rock underneath? Mm-hmm. You know, there there are ways to assess the. Um, Consistency of yes, materials. If you want to look underground, it, not necessarily yeah. the density. So newer technologies are, are going yeah. to, I think, revolutionize their approach to that. Unfortunately, once a test is in place, just like a mammogram or a PSA, mm-hmm. they just stick to that. They stick to that. They stick to that until because you, it's the status quo. It's the status quo. Colonoscopy, same thing. Even if there's yeah. you know newer tests that measure 
-hmm. can detect uh, colon cancer via stool tests. They still yeah. want to stick to the old traditional tests for medical re medical legal reasons because, yeah. God forbid, if you miss a, a case using a new technique that's not established mm -hmm. or standard of practice, you you know there's legal liability there. That's right. So that's right. medicine uh, advances one funeral at a time. They oh, say. Golly. On that note, Petra yeah. had a heel measurement done for bone density, came back negative 0.9 at the time. Which is not bad. It's not. It's not. Yeah, and she's a 59-year-old woman. So that, that might be average for a 59-year-old woman. Sure. Although not bad, I guess. I started taking strontium. Okay, maybe that's overkill. That's a lot. Yeah. Strontium usually we just give for... Minus plain, two, two point something uh, or yeah, 2.5. Real osteoporosis. The cutoff yeah. is minus 2.5 yeah. or lower. Minus 2.5, minus 3.0, minus 3.5. It goes... The numbers get bigger as you get worse yeah, because of the negative, negative number. Ne negative numbers, right. So Petra started taking strontium and MK5 and 7. Okay. Really I don't seven. know about the 5. I don't know about the 5. It's 7, definitely. And the one taken a year and a half improved from a negative 0.9 to a negative 0.8. We're scoring big points with it. But by the way, that's not a significant enough improvement to draw it's conclusions. Not. It just didn't get worse, which is it a good sign. It didn't get worse, which is great. As women age, it tends to get worse, yeah. so we've reversed the getting worse. It's two, it was one year, it was a test that's not that sensitive. I would suggest that you get a DEXA bone densitometry to, to corroborate that. There you go, there you go. And strontium is overkill. It, really. it might be overkill, yeah. 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 I don't, just anyone, you know, I. There's a lot of things you can take for prevention. You know, absolutely, there's no reason not to take vitamin D and perhaps vitamin K. And magnesium. And there's nothing wrong with strontium, but it's no. yet another thing um, to artificially build up the bone. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I, I recommend it, and I think it is. it does prevent fractures. Yes. But, um, yes. you know, what's the point? Right, right. Well... Strontium won't cause any of the side effects that bisphosphonates yeah. do. It's like giving testosterone like, to an 18-year-old. They don't need more. They don't need more of that. Right. right. Petra, I would encourage you to take up strength training if you don't already and increase the protein. Because it, when we're in our 50s, we need double the RDA than a younger person does, right. than a 25, a 35-year-old does. Mm -hmm. So as we get older, we need a little bit more of that. But listen, thank you very much for getting back to us about your white blood cell count and colostrum. And you are a shining example to our other listeners who, you know, whether or not we addressed your question, or if you tried something, you know, on your own, mm. or as a result of something we talked about, mm -hmm. and it worked or didn't work, you had a, a side effect or a good effect, let us know, because, yeah. you know, that's how we learn. Yeah. We have an email from Sylvia. I'm a longtime listener of your program. I value your judgment and advice. Sylvia is 82 years old. Okay. She says, recently, I'm developing very thin hair on the back of my head. I'm having my thyroid checked since in the past I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. Right. As I've aged, my body hair has become almost non-existent. And that has everything to do with hormones, too. And aging. Older, and aging. And aging. Yeah. What supplements might help me? Do you have any other suggestions? Well, uh... When it comes to body hair, it's it, the, the phenomenon that occurs in women, mm -hmm. I guess to some extent in men, is that there's a decline in androgens. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a and natural it, process. And yeah. sometimes... And a decline, the decline in estrogen progesterone alone. Yeah, uh, estrogen and progesterone don't, don't have something to do with body hair. Oh, body hair. Yeah. She's but uh, of head, hair, head hair, you know, yeah. I actually think that 
Um, there may be, it's worth exploring whether there's a nutritional concomitant such as mm -hmm. low iron. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's a certain naturalness to hair thinning as you age, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I wish I could fully subscribe to the miracle grow theory of hair, which is that we have some hair vitamin or supplement that works like a fertilizer and makes your hair sprout luxuriantly. Mm. Uh, it could be there's some nutritional deficiencies there, but I'd say that's maybe 20% of the cases of hair loss in 80-somethings. Yeah. And, you know, mostly there's a sort of um, programmed loss of hair. Yes. Uh, there's also some autoimmune components to hair loss mm -hmm. uh, as mm -hmm. you age. And, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. It could be that. Exactly. Um, I think Sylvia might benefit from some biotin. Biotin is worth taking. Uh, besides mm -hmm. getting your thyroid checked, get your right. ferritin levels checked. You want to sideline sure on biotin. Say you mm -hmm. um, take uh, what's often recommended, five thousand micrograms of biotin. Five. Yeah, that's a pretty standard recommendation. It's a pretty standard recommendation. We want to, There have been some case studies of people taking a lot of biotin, and then their thyroid that's numbers where I'm going. come back kind of wacky. That's where I'm going. Really out yeah. there. Mm -hmm. I actually had a patient with that particular mm -hmm. scenario, and yeah. when we investigated further, I said, okay, she was taking about 10,000 micrograms of biotin. Stop the biotin. I said, stop, go back, get retested, yeah. Yeah. everything went back to normal. Right, okay. So that's something. Right. Was, and so the other thing mm -hmm. is she might, you know, we could say maybe explore whether your thyroid is low. Yeah. But we must be cautious about thyroid administration in 82-year-olds Yeah. because we don't want to Cause jazz them up too much and cause a cardiac arrhythmia. So yeah. I would, you know, have a fairly high threshold for giving her thyroid. I wouldn't mm -hmm. just give her, oh, your hair is thinning, your skin is dry, okay, we just give you a thyroid, you know, boom. Mm -hmm. No, I think we should be cautious. Yeah, yeah. In the meantime, if Sylvia says she does come back, I'm reaching here, if she does come back with some hypothyroidism and they don't want to give her thyroid, she might benefit from some selenium and zinc Mm -hmm. To help naturally boost your thyroid, so that, that helps. can work. And or you know, small amounts of iodine also. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, iodine that would be good. Right. So, Sylvia, let us know, and thank you for listening. Okay. All right. Let's see here. We have an email. Oh, from Nick. Hello, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. And by the way, I just yeah. want to say parenthetically, you know, yeah. of interest, I recently uh, interviewed uh, Gary Linkoff who is ah. a, a very uh, skilled plastic surgeon, a cosmetic surgeon in New York, and he specializes in hair. Mm. And you know, this is a big issue. Some people, for one reason or another, their hair is thinning. It doesn't yeah. look good. There are so many really good cosmetic procedures now that help to re replenish hair. I mean, one is minoxidil, you know, just yes. applying that, but, you know, that works only partially. That's Rogaine. But, you know, folks. they, they mm -hmm. actually can do various grafts and hair transplants right. and things like that. If you want to go through the trouble, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, I mean, I've seen his... I think it's a little better than Hair Club for Men Oh, or we, hell yeah. I mean, right. This is plastic surgery. You don't want to get... So it, it's gone way beyond what... It used to be that cornrow kind of thing, you know, yeah. it looks like... Right. Like, uh, you know, a field in Kansas, you know, or something like that. Uh, you don't want that look. No, no, no. You don't right. want that look. You don't want to look like you've got plugs literally plugs, in yeah. your scalp. Yeah, yeah. So that's really come a long way. And not just for hair on the head. Beard, Be eyebrows. So there's there's wow. this phenomenon of people who, we've talked about this, yeah. who they have had uh, laser hair removal for their beards because uh -huh. they wanted to just... You know, get God, rid of it. I don't want to shave anymore. Yeah, and then they've decided mm -hmm. that the hipster thing is to have a beard. Yes. <laughs> like every every you know male in 
between the ages of uh, right. 20 and 35 in Brooklyn. Yeah. And so they want a beard. And it's like, oh my God. Well, they're, look, frankly, mm-hmm. uh, when I try to grow a beard or like, you know, I'm on vacation, like 10 days, you see me sometimes. I come back in the office to like do some paperwork and I've got sort of like a patchwork. Uh-huh. You know, it's scraggly. It's not uh-huh. like a really like nice, luxuriant beard. Uh-huh. And so some men want to enhance their, their facial hair. Yeah. Right. Have it- Grow in more fully. Because what's something. the alternative? Is you can wear like a false beard. <laughs> that looks dumb, you know. Right. Do a comb over. Right. On your beard. Right. The, right. Yeah. That so, doesn't work. Well. You know, mm-hmm. some of men just don't have. Yes. The, that kind of uh, right. facial hair. You know, my husband is the same. Yeah. Uh, very low. Yeah. In facial hair, body hair, right. all that kind of thing. Okay. I can't imagine him in a beard. Yeah. Maybe a little scraggly goatee. Me, right. Yeah. But that's about it. Yeah. That's as yeah. far as that will go. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So if you want to, you know, rock that Fu Manchu look, you know, you can get facial. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln beard without right. the mustache, which I find. Okay. Well, it's you, what you want is you want Abraham Lincoln beard with a knit cap and a Pendleton. Oh, there you and go. And Levi's. And uh-huh. uh, what are those boots? Doc Martens. Doc Martens, right. That's right. the look you want. Abraham yeah. Lincoln would look very hip. Very cool. Yeah. He would be, you know, he'd be like a male model now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. All right. We have an email uh, from Nick. Hello, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. I'm a 22-year-old male, and I have an issue with teeth grinding. Mm-hmm. I wear a night guard, but I've still cracked a back molar, and I've acquired severe wear on my teeth. Medical phenomenon of yeah. bruxing. Of bruxing. Right. Bruxism, right. Are there any recommended supplements? You, well, Possibly the, something to relax my muscles? I, I take theanine, rhodiola, ashwagandha. What about magnesium? Ah, he doesn't mention magnesium. Yeah, so that that actually, there that are things, studies on so. magnesium and uh, bruxism. Mm, mm-hmm. So that uh, it, mm-hmm. it tends to have a relaxing effect. I also might suggest CBD, you know, mm, as a kind of a, yeah. a muscle relaxant, natural muscle relaxant, calmative. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, it's important. It, I actually wear a night guard because I'm a bruxer. Okay. And the way it came up is, you know, I've, I've actually, people have told me that um, I grind my teeth and you can hear it. It's disconcerting. It's a loud yeah. kind of sound. And the dentist pointed out that I had an unusual wear pattern on my molars. And if I kept bruxing, that I would have more yeah. tooth damage. So, it's um, erosion, yeah. Much. Uh, so, so I wear a night guard. To, it's a good idea. Yeah. It's a good idea. I used to wear a night guard when I used to grind my teeth mm-hmm. after graduate school. Mm-hmm. I magically stopped grinding my teeth. Hmm. You think it was a stress component? Yeah. <laughs> I had a very full schedule, come home yeah. 10 o'clock at night, right. grind my teeth. Wait, you were working and in graduate yes, school? Yes, oh, yeah, right. yes, yes, yes. Right. Yes, you yes, yeah. so you had a day job and then you, right. right. Come right. home and open the fridge and find a jar of mustard and say, oh, well, I'm not going to have dinner now. So, or something. Well, you can make mustard soup. That's very good. I can make mustard soup, We've, right. I've done that. <laughs> yeah. When we were in the dorms, we didn't have any money, and it was like, oh, yeah. man, it's so cold tonight. I'd have to go to the deli. I and have to go do this. No, it's 10 o'clock. The deli's closed. Just, no, wait, I'm here in New York. Yeah, it's just, different. you know, yeah. heat it up in a pot. What was interesting at the time when I wore a night guard, Dr. Hoffman, is I found that the night guard temporarily made matters worse. I would clench even yep. More yep. to break it almost. Uh, you almost became self-conscious. And, well, yeah. also they can malposition your jaw, hmm. so you have to be careful. It can create TMJ. Yeah. I've actually uh, had a patient the other day who said that um, she, uh, you know, I said I complimented her on her teeth. I said they're, you know, they, I said they did a nice job because I knew that she'd had dental surgery. Yeah. Yeah. I said really, just made, they look magnificent, and she said I wish I'd never had it done. 
she's I said why she said because they gave her uh, beautiful teeth but without an idea to the positioning and the positioning veneers yeah and mm -hmm. the, the they the positioning uh -huh. um, caused her to have bad severe TMJ like real oh, severe pain wow. and she has trouble chewing and eating with these teeth oh no yeah that that needs a do-over literally well I don't know what do you wow, how do, what you, do you do you grind it down more I don't know what you do you know wow, uh, wow. okay and it's expensive buyer beware. you spend a lot of money for oh, that yeah. You know. yeah buyer beware my grandfather wow. said I should have become a dentist oh huh. yeah would you have considered it is was that ever an interest I always wanted to do medicine you know well there yeah. you go. okay no but he was he was all about right all about the uh, potential uh, economic Outlook for dentists, and you know he's a smart guy. He's a uh -huh. businessman, and you know he's uh, don't become a doctor. You could become a dentist. <laughs> you know? right. This sort of Eastern European survivor mentality. You know? uh, so Nick, you're taking some good supplements: the theanine, the rhodiola, the ashwagandha. He takes it in the morning before bed. Minimal results. Add magnesium. Yeah, and and take a good hard look at the stress in your life. See what else you can do about that that might help but I think so much of it is um, you know I, I remember even finding myself clenching during the day mm -hmm. it's the same way you would notice your shoulders moving up yeah when you're feeling stressed and you have to remember to so relax un unlearn that <clears throat> unlearn all that well we're going so, way over time oh my goodness yeah so Look that's okay that. uh, our listeners will indulge us but in part mm. two we're gonna take up what ah what is your opinion of resistant starch? Oh, right. That's a whole subject unto itself. Let's take yeah. that up in part two. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with Layla Mutant. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla, and we'll be right back. <laughs>